Hey folks, welcome into another episode of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. Uh, we're going to recap week 15, get into week 16. Somehow, someway, there are only three weeks left in the NFL regular season. Let's just get right into it, starting with the Niners. I don't necessarily start with the Niners because they had a ho-hum victory where they covered the spread on the road at Arizona, despite you thinking that might be a trap game, Joey. I want to talk about the Niners because... Brock Purdy is now the prohibitive MVP favorite, minus 170 on DraftKings as we record. And the Niners are playing the Christmas Miracle game, a Christmas night, Monday night football game with Buck and Aikman against the only other team in the NFL with 11 wins, the Baltimore Ravens. What a game coming up. What a time to be a Niner fan. How are you feeling with three weeks left in the regular season? Feeling great, baby. Not going (laughs) to lie. Um... Things are humming pretty good right now for the 49ers. Uh, big night for them last night, too, because uh, give a little breathing room with Seattle pulling the upset over Philly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic game Monday night. I thought Arizona could have been a little bit of a trap game, but um, no. I mean, they walked out of bed, put up 45 points, pick six on defense. The only thing you could say is they gave up, like, uh, I want to say, like, 240 yards rushing. That's a problem. Um, especially when the Ravens come to town um, Monday night. Um, but hopefully maybe they get some guys back. I know Hargrave and Armstead missed, which is why we were gashed in the middle uh, a bit. But, yeah. A B-minus a B- performance, and they still won by, what was it, 16 points. Like, that's yeah. insane. <laughs> I mean, they were up by 23, I think, with like five five minutes left, and Arizona got a touchdown. But, yeah, I mean, they're rolling. I mean, I just don't know how many different ways you could say it. I don't remember, even like when the Chiefs were like last couple of years, I don't remember the, them being this clearly because you could always argue like a Buffalo or Cincinnati or even like a Philly or even like the Niners recently. I just, the league as a whole seems down a bit, partially due to injuries, partially due to um, just probably just poor play in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just... If the Niners, which it looks like they just have to win two other last three now, not not all three, mm-hmm. um, to get the one seed. I mean, two home games and a Super Bowl in Vegas. I mean, it's right there for them. I don't. I mean, who in the world is coming to Levi's in January and beating them in the NFC? I I can't see it. Philly, that is look, why the the Niners are now minus two forty to win the Super Bowl. They're minus one fifteen to win the NFC, which basically means. You know, they think it's more likely than not that the Niners are going to the Super Bowl, which means they're obviously down on Philly after that loss uh, last week against Seattle and the week prior against Dallas. And they're really down on Dallas after their shitty performance against Buffalo. So, like, right now you're looking at the NFC and it's like, as long as everybody stays healthy, and you did have a scare with both Purdy and McCaffrey in that Arizona game, as long as everyone stays healthy... And Bosa. And it, it, for a while there, you were like, oh my God. And then, of course, Purdy and McCaffrey come back on that same drive and score a touchdown. I'm like, you had those six wins in a row earlier in the season. You lost three. Now you've won another five in a row. It's starting to feel like fully like the team of destiny because I don't see anybody in the AFC that's going to compete with them either. I mean, the only one I would say at this point is the Baltimore Ravens coming yeah, to town next that's weekend. It. I don't think anyone else. I mean, maybe Buffalo was just crazy to say because I think they're so hot and cold. But when they are hot, I mean, they're as hot as anybody. But, 
Yeah, I mean they aren't playing any home games, which I don't know how you get to the Super Bowl playing all road games. I mean the Bucks did it a few years ago, but that was with no fans in the stands. I mean they Buffalo, still might, they might win the division. It's possible they like, they need Miami's got to play. Where Miami. they play Dallas and Miami. Well, no Miami. Who do they play? Oh yeah, Miami plays Dallas and then Baltimore. Yeah, and then they get so, the Buffalo game. Yeah, in Miami at least for two of those, but still. Um, Pretty crazy situation there because Baltimore, obviously they want to win this game on Monday night, but you're catching them at a good point too because next week they host Miami and that game is basically winner gets home field advantage anyway. So like Baltimore may treat this game like, hey, we don't want Ronnie Stanley to get hurt. We don't want Lamar Jackson to get hurt. We don't want, you know, they may just play vanilla, you know, this whole time. And it doesn't sound like something John Harbaugh would do, but this is a game that doesn't really affect them. It's out of conference for those kind of tiebreakers. Their big game is actually week 17. This is pretty wild. The way that this is like big injury shaping up to be Sunday the night. game of the year. Well, did you down. hear Buck last night saying that it's the first ever Monday night football game between teams with 11 or more wins? That's pretty incredible. I mean, I can believe it because I feel like Monday night's been kind of dud for like a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic game. I mean, if you're ESPN, you're just like just cash cow. Um, oh, yeah. And the Niners are minus four and a half. We'll get to that later in the picks. I am leaning towards adding that to the picks. I got seven games that I actually want to bet on. Um, so we'll have to whittle that down to five. Last week we had a good week because you talked me off of two uh, bets and into the Rams, uh, which ended up winning, and then the Seahawks, which ended up winning. So we'll go through that later. But Niners four and a half feels fair uh, if both teams are given full effort. But like I said, Baltimore may not be nearly as motivated as the Niners are with them trying to wrap up home field um, with wins in the next two weeks. And then Baltimore, really, the only game that matters on their schedule is next week. So that'll be a fun one to, to watch on uh, Christmas night. Uh, the Vikings lost. Heartbreaker. Um, I got a lot of texts during that game uh, from my dad, from my brother, from Vikings fan friends that involved uh, firing Nick Mullins, perhaps shooting oh, Nick Mullins. we don't Mullins. talk about Nick Mullins like that. We don't do that. I mean, no. he made... Three or four I mean, that, that, plays, I saw that but... pick. I think the one you texted me, I, I was busy that morning. I didn't watch too much of, of the game in real time. But, yeah, and then I looked back and saw, oh, I was like, oh, that's what he texted about. Oh, yeah, that's yikes. <laughs> he's, oh, his Nick. ass was like an inch from the <laughs> ground, and he decided, you know what? I'm going to throw it a half a yard in front of me to a defensive lineman. Um, crazy game. We had, I believe it was a 14-point lead with 11 minutes left. Then we had a 7-point lead with 3 minutes left. Then we won the toss in overtime and had the ball first and were driving and then couldn't get it on back-to-back tush pushes that were third and fourth and inches, lose the game on a field goal. Just a devastating one, but it's all still there uh, in front of us, shockingly. Like, we play Detroit this week, then we play the Packers, then we play Detroit again. Detroit obviously plays us twice, and in the middle they got to go to Dallas, who at home I believe they outscore their opponents by an average of like 26 points. So, um the Vikings win the remainder of their games. They're going to win the division. It just, that's the way it is. I can't believe we're at that point. Uh, it really wouldn't have changed anything had we won against uh, Cincinnati other than, hey, maybe we'd be 
uh, a better seed in the wild card game. But it looks like basically the way the NFC is shaping up right now, if we make the playoffs, we will just play Detroit again, whether it's winning the division and they're the six seed or us as the six seed wild card playing them as the three seed. So we're on a collision course with Detroit. It starts with this week. Detroit's minus three and a half at the Vikings. This is going to decide the North, basically. Um, if Detroit wins, they clinch a division for the first time in 30 years. Big game. I do look at the Vikings, though, plus three and a half as one of my best bets, possibly, just because Flores is going to give Goff hell. Like, all these quarterbacks that we've seen facing Flores the last few weeks cannot put any points on the board because their quarterback's always on his back. So, I lean Vikings here. I have been very pessimistic about us the last couple weeks, but I'm feeling good about this spot. Um, I think Detroit is flying high after that win against Denver, and I really think this is a good time to catch them. Yeah, I mean, it would. I'd feel a lot better if Minnesota, if a, if their stadium wasn't indoors, because yeah, Jared Goff would be pretty cold, and <laughs> yeah, he plays a lot better in a dome. But yeah, I mean, it's a because I saw that too. I was like doing the math. I'm like. There's a chance this could be like a baseball series, like play three times in four weeks. Like, does that ever happen? I mean, yeah, there there was a, a situation. This is 2012. We beat the Packers to make the playoffs, and, and then played the Packers the next week in the playoffs uh, and got crushed because we had. To start I, yeah, actually, I remember that, but like, yeah, three times, three and four. four? It's insane because they don't even really ever do like, like cause the Niners just did the Seattle like sandwiched around Philly. And, like, I was like, that's pretty, like, rare. I've never seen, like, division that close. And the only way you could get back-to-back is if you play week, you know, whatever it's been, six, week 16 or week 17 or whatever the last week of the season is and then the first, the wild card game. But three and out of four in my opinion, that wild. helps the underdog, right? If you – familiarity over and over, that helps the underdog more than it would the favorite. Yeah. Although I heard someone say this one time um, – they're like, it's hard to beat a team like three times in a year. And this guy, uh, it was an NFL player, I forgot who it was, but he's like, not if you're better than them. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and I'm and like, the Lions are clearly better than us. Like, as yeah. I heard that last year when the Niners played Seattle in the wild card, and I even thought it like, are we going to, are, are we going to beat Seattle three times in a year? Like we had, the Niners had just struggled against Seattle forever mm-hmm. recently. And then like, are we going to beat them three times in a year? And someone said like, uh, some player uh, wasn't like on the team or anything, but said uh, it's not hard to beat a team three times if if you're better than him. And I'm like, oh, okay, which they are. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, um, but I don't think Detroit is that much better than Minnesota. I mean, especially if Minnesota was healthy, but they're not with Kirk Dunn. But yeah, and Mullins. I mean, who the I hell is starting? Like Have they said who's starting? Is it going to be? It him will again? be Mullins. Um, I think most Vikings fans, if you look at social media comments, if you look at my texts with my Vikings fans in my life, we want Hall at least next week. Uh, I don't think anybody's really clamoring for Dobbs. Uh, Certainly we don't like Mullins. I mean, 26 of 33 for 300 yards and two touchdowns. Great. Uh, Three picks. Not so great. Uh, Basically cost us the game uh, with two of them. He took, I think he took between six and ten points off the board in the first half and then took another at least three off the board in the second half. So, you know, he, he we lost that What'd game your brother because of his you? turnovers. What'd your brother What'd text you? you? Just like, uh, oh, uh, Vikings I mean, suck. I hate you. You're going to lose. Yeah, Help that's what he else. said. <laughs> no, I think he was like, bring in Dobbs. And then he was like, bring in Hall. And he's basically just like, 
you know, and my dad too, they were both like, what is this tire fire in the second half? Because the defense was unstoppable the last five weeks. Uh, starting with the Denver game, they were great. Um, then the Chicago game, they kept us in it when the offense was just absolutely awful. And then we pitched a shutout against the Raiders, and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is the best Vikings defense we've had since probably the early 2000s, maybe late 90s. Uh, and then through this game, through I think it was three quarters and then another three or four minutes of, of um, Cincinnati possession, we had given up only three points. And I was like, this is elite. This is the best defense we've had in 25-plus years. And then it all just fell apart uh, there in the fourth quarter against Jake Browning, who I don't know if you saw his celebration on the sideline. I saw it. He never should have fucking cut me. I I think that's like, you know, that stuff's like cool. Like, but like, wasn't the the, like the regime like not? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not those people. It was Rick Spielman. Like, who are you yelling at? (laughs) Because they're not here. There is not one person. (laughs) Yeah. Like no one on that field or in the press box is associated with your employment vis-a-vis Minnesota Vikings. Like, <laughs> yeah, Mike Zimmer like, is I not get there. It. Rick Spielman is not there. I get it, but but I mean, Jake Browning is making himself a lot of money. Yes, he is. He'll be the Minshew of next year. He'll start for somebody. What I, I, guess, nice I mean, the hell of a catch by T. Higgins, too. I've never seen... I've never seen a guy catch the ball. And again, if he does, that's another one. If he doesn't make that play, we probably win that game. That was just insane. The whole thing where he spun the ball around over the pylon in the act of making an insane catch. Uh, That was crazy. Uh, Devastating loss in terms of like, hey, we should have won it. But it's all still there in front of us. I think I like our chances this week. We'll see what I say next week. Uh, If we get both. What's between the two Detroit? What's between the two Detroit games? Sunday night football at home against Green Bay, which I feel comfortable about that one. I think Green Bay is in the tank right now. Oh, so two home games and then uh, to finish in Detroit. Uh, My dream scenario is we win both and then uh, uh, Dallas beats Detroit. And then we'll be Sunday night football again for the division, you know, for the right to play Detroit yet again the week after. That would be fun, but uh, we'll see. I got a feeling that game might be. That'd be a lot of pressure on Detroit. Yeah. I mean, because you, you don't want to like not not just lose a division, but like if you don't like you have to play them, that means you would have lost twice. Yeah. <laughs> and you avoid that home playoff game that Detroit fans have not seen in thirty years. That would be crazy. But I think Detroit wins the division comfortably. I just I want to see you're us like, win this week. You're like objectively, um, <laughs> yeah. But Obje- it's fun. Objectively, we're fucked. But <laughs> that's why they play the games. Uh, let's you, do a quick run through. Why they play through. the games? Yeah, let's do a quick run through of next week. Um, take a look at some of the lines we think uh, we want to make a pick on and maybe make some comments about some of our possible jack-in-the-bum-of-the-week candidates. Um, Thursday Night Football is actually a really solid game. New Orleans at the Rams. Uh, Rams are favored by four. Both teams on the playoff bubble. Both teams 7-7. Seven and seven. Um, This is a game where I think the winner is likely into the playoffs. The loser is likely out. I think this probably shifts you know, playoff odds at least 50% for both teams. Uh, I think if the Rams win, given their remaining schedule and given that the Niners probably won't need that Week 18 um, game when they play, I, I I don't know. I just think I think this is a good spot uh, for the Rams if they win this one. So um, New Orleans catching four here. I don't. I if I guess if I had to bet on this game, maybe I'd bet them plus four. The Rams looked, you know, really good the last few weeks. Uh, I guess I would lean New Orleans here. Do you have a pick? Uh, You've been a little higher on the Rams. I'm than pretty most. high on the Rams, to be honest. I think they. Win. I would think they cover. 
Yeah, Nakua's been really good. I mean, they're they're playing really. I mean, honestly, as much as success as the Niners have had against the Rams, again with that one that mattered the most. um, Yeah, I I would not want to play the Rams. Like if I was like a team like Detroit or Philly, again, I'm I'm assuming the Niners win two out of their last three games at least Mm -hmm. to get the one seed. So whoever gets the Rams, if they keep and make the playoffs, I would not want to play them. Especially with the whole Kyron Williams thing. Out of nowhere, he's all of a sudden one of the top six or seven running backs in the NFL. Like, last week, what did he put up? 152 more on the ground. Like, every week he's not he's built been healthy. Like, he's not, he's a smaller guy, but, like, you look at his numbers, and he's, like, every week damn near, like, at least 30 touches, like, buck mm-hmm. 50, couple touchdowns. It's like, okay. He's carried me to the fantasy playoffs in two of my leagues. That guy has been a beast, um, and I... Like I said, I think New Orleans, just because it's a dome and Kamara can get going, I think maybe they put some points up. But uh, you think that the Rams probably cover here. That's a good game, especially compared to the Thursday games we've gotten recently. That's a really good one. Uh, And compared, I think, to the last two we get, or last one or two. Oh, my God. Jets, Browns. (laughs) Horrendous. Yeah, we got to get a good one there. So uh, that'll be be a good one in L.A. Um, Saturday, we got two games. Both really not great ones. I guess Cincy at Pittsburgh. Cincy minus two is an elimination game, although Pittsburgh is basically already dead. Um, <laughs> and then Buffalo at the at the Chargers. So this line opened up Buffalo minus 14, which I thought was a little nuts. Like, obviously the Chargers with Easton Stick coming off of a, a game where they gave up 63 points. They should be big underdogs. But 14 for a Buffalo team that's just starting to figure it out after a, a bit of a midseason I mean, lull they, there. I thought that was crazy. They were down 42 nothing at halftime to the freaking Raiders. <laughs> but now they're at home where there surely will be no Buffalo fans in that stadium. I mean, good. I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad Peacock got this shit game. Stop <laughs> putting the games on streaming only. Yeah, nobody wants that. Nobody's going to be tuning into Peacock to watch this game. Maybe if it was one of the good... Um, you know, Sunday morning games, it'd be worth it. But, I mean, Buffalo at the Chargers, that line has moved down to 11.5. I'm not touching that one. I think Buffalo should win comfortably, but this is another one of those sandwich games where they played a big game last week, then they got big games coming up. This is like a slight trap for them, but uh, they have basically have to win all of their games to ensure that they make the playoffs and have a chance maybe to win the AFC East after all that. Um, the Sunday games, there's not a lot of great ones. It's really Monday Night Football that's the, the big star uh, of the show. The best one probably on Sunday has just lost some luster. That's Cleveland minus one at Houston. Schefter reported today that it's unlikely Stroud plays in that game. So it went from Houston minus two and a half to Cleveland minus one. Uh, Flacco's been really freaking good. He, he had uh, two really bad picks last week, but also made some plays down the stretch to Njoku and, and Cooper that basically single-handedly won them the game against uh, the Bears. So uh, Cleveland minus one there. That's a wild card changing game. Um, do you like either side there? Do you think either of these teams has any chance to go deep in the playoffs, or is this just one of those late season, like, who's going where games? Yeah, uh, I don't think it has too much impact on the big picture. Um, kind of like a what-if game if, if these teams were more healthy. Um, but, yeah. I lean Cleveland maybe just a little bit. Cleveland minus one. The I way mean, Joe, Joe Flacco is throwing the ball really well. And this goes to show what Brady has been saying on all of his media appearances, that the, the quarterback play in the league is down. The league play as a whole is down. If Flacco can come in off the street and be this good, 
that's not great for for the for the product. Like, and, I just saw some of the highlights, and he'll like just stand there and like it looks like he flicks it. And I'm like, did that ball just travel like 55 yards in the air? Oh, like he still has the cannon, the arm <laughs> cannon. I mean, like, I, just effortless. And it, nobody, nobody in the league still, you know, 10 years after the elite debate with Flacco. Nobody throws the arm punt quite like him. Like, he literally throws one that almost scrapes the ceiling and then drops, like, either at or over the receiver 55 yards down the field. It's insane that he Brady can still might do be it right. at 38. He might be right. Because, like, before the season, remember, we were like, hey, you know, Stafford, oh, he's not, he's got nothing left. His UCL's all jacked yeah. up. He's throwing like he a top-10 quarterback. He looks <laughs> like a guy who got Tommy John and is, like, throwing better than he's ever thrown. Like I mean, some of the throws he makes the sidearm, like uh, he he looks he looks like the part, and yeah. And then you got the newer guys we kind of thought would maybe get there, like a Trevor, like a Jalen Hurts, and it's like, mm, I'm not seeing all those, like all those draft classes where it was Jameis and Mariota and um, freaking Manzel and Bridgewater, and then. Obviously, you had Trubisky, and I mean, like, the, some of these guys had to hit, and none of them did. So, right now, we're in a, after the golden era of passing from, like, 2000 to 2012, we're in a, a tough spot now, now that, you know, Brady and Manning and Roethlisberger and all these guys are gone and Breeze. Um, let's pivot real quick to some of the other games next week that have playoff implications. Seattle's favored by two and a half at Tennessee. Big win for Seattle last week. Uh, had to have it if they were serious about making the playoffs. I don't know if you saw Pete Carroll in the locker room afterward. I was thinking that this was his last season and he was going to retire. That guy's got more energy than I do, and I'm 42 years younger than him. Like, he may just keep going. I thought we would talk maybe today if Seattle lost about, hey, is it time for Pete Carroll to say goodbye? But big win, energetic coach. I think he's staying for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I'm a huge win. Huge win. Classic Seattle in Seattle Monday night game. Just yeah, just shit gets weird, and <laughs> yeah, I mean Drew Locke dropping dimes on Philadelphia. I saw his post game interview with Lisa Salters. That was, that was great. Pretty cool. That's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's like he he was like he basically said in the longer version they wrote me off and I didn't write back. Yes, basically, and he has a good that. relationship with Gino, which is so cool to see yeah, for two great. guys. Competing. It's fantastic. Because you see, like, Drew Locke just gets shit on in the media. And, like, some of it's probably deserved. He probably was young and immature at the time he was drafted. But, hey, probably. I assume he's older. I can, like, check my sources. But I think he's older than he was years ago. And, yeah. I mean, because, like, that's probably the highlight of his career. Like, is he going to have a better moment than that? No. More than likely not. (laughs) He might. But, like, most guys don't even have that moment. So, to get that moment on Monday Night Football... To beat, I mean, he went like 90 yards under two minutes with what, one or zero timeouts? Yeah. And it wasn't like they they threw a screen pass that went 70 yards. He goes like, No, they were all dimes. Yeah. The third and 10 to DK could not have been dropped any better. And then the touchdown, I mean, hell of a catch too. Yeah. Um, JSN with an unbelievable catch. But that throw, when I saw it, I was like, whoa. Yeah, huge for them. them. Um, Purdy-esque, some may say. A little bit. A little bit. It was. I mean, it's, it's 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 what it's. I mean, Jalen Hurts. Did you make one of those? I saw two fourth quarter picks. That's what I saw. <laughs> um, 
yeah, huge win for Seattle. Um, well, what's weird is, like, I didn't think Pete was going to retire. I wasn't, like, thinking that because, yeah, he's got more energy than everybody. Um, and But I saw something today that's, like, Dan Quinn is, like, ready to step in if he mm-hmm. if he retires. Like, some art. I don't know if it's based on anything. I, didn't, I just read a headline. Yeah. Based like, on his relationship yeah. with the Seattle ownership group, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't see Pete retiring. Um, I mean, unless he wants to, sure. I mean, I'd want to work less if I was super rich. But <laughs> I really like them minus two and a half this week coming off that emotional win. And then they're playing against Tennessee, who's going to be starting Tannehill. Poor uh, Will Levis got absolutely rolled up on. It was terrible on that one. They said it's a very bad high ankle sprain, so lucky that nothing was broken. But as the play was happening, I was like, oh, boy. I uh, thought it was a Theismann there for a second, but he'll probably be out for the year, but will be healthy for next year. So best of luck to Will Levis. I like Seattle in that game. Um, Indy at Atlanta. Atlanta minus one. Both teams on the outside looking in at this point. Uh, Indy actually did win last week, but all their other competition uh, also won. So it's like Houston won, uh, Cincy won, uh, Buffalo won. So basically they... They need to win out to make the playoffs. They st- they're tied for the division lead with Jacksonville, which is shocking. Um, but they do have a tough schedule coming out. Um, they go at Atlanta this week. Atlanta, all their hopes for the playoffs probably went out the window with that loss at Carolina. Um, I lean Indy here just because I think Atlanta sucks. They just benched <laughs> Ritter again. I mean, did, I don't know if you saw Ritter's pick in that Carolina game. But again, I, yeah. I say this every week one of the worst picks I've ever seen. I've said that like seven times this year by Ritter. Like, what in the world was that? Yeah, it just goes to show you, like, Joe Flacco come off the street, and, like, you try so hard to make it work with, like, a guy you draft, like, Ritter, and it's just like, oh, my God, we're going over, like, the same (laughs) shit each week, like, the coaching staff. Like, to get benched twice in the same season ain't good. Yeah, I mean, my, my take is the Colts better win because, yeah, Atlanta sucks. Atlanta, in hindsight, why in the world did they not go after Lamar? At the time, we were like, nobody wants Lamar. In hindsight, maybe they did. Oh my God, they should have. Maybe they did. I mean, do we? Know they would have given sure? the city something because right now, I mean, even if they fire Arthur Smith and move on from their shitty quarterback situation, they've used all this draft capital on Bijan Robinson, who's a fumbling machine, Kyle Pitts, who sucks, and Desmond Ritter, who sucks. <laughs> they they are the all hype team. <laughs> Because oh. you could not have been more hyped in the draft than Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts. And real, reality is they are like... I, Top I 22 at their position in the <laughs> league. You're like, what? It's just a total disaster for them. Um, let's move on to Green Bay minus four at Carolina. I'm obviously rooting for Carolina here, which is kind of a hopeless feeling with how awful that offense is. But um, Green Bay was Awful against Tampa Bay last week. They gave up a perfect passer rating to Baker Mayfield. Threw for four touchdowns. They just marched all over them all game long. I think Green Bay's in the tank. I think they're toast. But if there was ever a game for them to get right, this is it. Um, Another terrible game is Washington at the Jets. Uh, The Jets are favored by three and a half. I am really leaning towards picking Washington plus three and a half. I don't think the Jets should be favored by three and a half against the California School for the Blind. Like, they cannot score points. Like, that's yeah, a really I would, shocking I line for me. I would take Washington. I'm, would... I'm Robo Ron. We'll give you one last ride on on the fucking you like that feels great baby pod. Uh, I I might pick Washington this week. Uh, the game that everyone's going to be talking about though is um, Dallas at Miami. Miami's favored by one. That's by far the best uh, Christmas Eve Sunday game. 
Uh, tough test for both teams as the playoffs approach. Right now, it's a dogfight for Dallas and Philly for the division. They split their matchups against each other. And as you said, Miami all of a sudden has got Buffalo breathing down their neck. So this is the game of the weekend. Uh, this is one that I think everybody in America is going to be watching. This could be one of the highest rated regular season games in recent memory. It's America's game of the week on Fox, of course. Um, what do you think about this one? Because I lean Miami just because if you really think about it, it's Mike McDaniel at home against Mike McCarthy on the road. I kind of lean Miami there. I think Miami rolls because Buffalo ran the ball up and down on Dallas last week. And Mike McDaniel saw that. Raheem Mostert saw that. Who Raheem Mostert, went, 20 <laughs> touchdowns this year. Like we're talking about McCaffrey, 20 touchdowns. Raheem Mostert's got 20 touchdowns. It's insane. Offensive player of the year candidate out of nowhere. I mean, that's what that's. I don't want to get off on a tangent about why people are just looking for ways and not vote for Brock Purdy for MVP. They're talking about McCaffrey, who, like, yeah, and anyone in the league's taking McCaffrey over Raheem Mostert, but like to say he's doing something historic, like Raheem Mostert has twenty touchdowns. I mean, <laughs> the Kyle Shanahan running scheme, yeah. and by extension, the Mike McDaniel running scheme, and it all comes from the from the uh, Mike Shanahan running scheme. It's been doing this for damn near 30 years. You plug anyone in there and it goes really well. Going back to Clinton Portis and Mike Anderson. And One of the favorites. Was it Alfred Morris? Who's like Alfred all, Morris. <laughs> all of, he was a Niner for a quick minute. Yeah. No, I mean. That was, that was the RG3 year where Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. And yeah. Alfred Morris was like a six-round rookie that ran for like 1,800 yards. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, so... Yeah, Dallas on the Dallas on the road. They show. I saw a graphic that Dak Prescott. They're like to put this in context of like who he is at home compared to who he is on the road. At home, he's like an MVP candidate, and on the road, they literally put a human name. They said he's Desmond Ritter, <laughs> and showed the numbers of like Desmond Ritter versus Dak on the road, and they're like identical. <laughs> Oh, my God. I did see the one today that Dallas is outscoring opponents by 26 points per game at home and being outscored by, like, one point per game on the road. It's like, that's pretty I, – I don't know if I've seen a home road split like that other than, like, MLB. You know, you don't see that in, in football that often uh, in that small of a sample size where it's like Dallas at home, total wagon. Dallas on the road, like you said, Desmond Ritter. Uh, that is that is not good. We both like Miami there. Um, that uh, Jacksonville at Tampa Bay is the other uh, later game uh, on Sunday on Christmas Eve. That's actually a watchable one. Um, Tampa Bay was plus three, and I was like, give me all of the Tampa Bay plus three. Uh, it's shifted to pick because Lawrence is now in concussion protocol. Um, this is sneakily a must-win game for both. Um, Jacksonville is now tied for the division lead. Tampa Bay is tied for the division lead. They got to have this one. I obviously lean Tampa Bay off of that epic performance against Green Bay. Um, we'll talk about Jacksonville a bit uh, later. Uh, you have quite a lot to get to in that regard. Uh, there's also Arizona at Chicago, minus four and a half. Nothing to say there. New England at Denver. Both those teams are toast, I think, after Denver's loss, um, where they got boat raced on uh, Saturday against Detroit. Uh, I want to talk about Raiders at Chiefs. So the Chiefs should roll. They're favored by nine and a half. My note here is the vibes are still way off. I don't know if you watched much of the highlights of that Kansas City New England game. That was Patriots actually the in. game I watched the most in the in the morning. There. They were in it. The Pats were in it. It, it. Nothing looks good in Kansas City right now, especially Kelsey. 
Yeah, no, they're they look like a shell of themselves compared to last few years, and and yeah, I don't see it getting fixed anytime soon. And, and you know, I mean, they just own the Raiders, but like I would be a little nervous if I was them, especially to bet to bet the Chiefs at what minus nine and a half. Yeah, um, you got to have them win by double digits when they. I mean, every drive where they're scoring points it is a laboring drive it's like there's no big plays for them anymore no um and Kadarius Tony with another just <laughs> yeah I just it, I saw my home say like just I would you like I could not have put it like in a better spot um yeah Chiefs I mean they gotta have it I mean it did help them that Denver lost to Detroit but they'll be They'll be in the it's playoffs, a but yeah, it's a get it's just... right game for them, but like you're saying, the vibes are off. That's the middle game uh, on, or that's yeah, that's the first game, the early game, the 10 a.m. Pacific time game uh, on Christmas Day, Monday night. Um, Monday midday is uh, the Giants at Philly. Philly minus 12, the perfect spot for Philly to get right after that gauntlet of games. Uh, that four-game stretch where we said, hey, if they go 2-2, two and two, they probably still get the one seed. They went 1-3, and three and the Niners went 4-0. and oh. So uh, really looking like the Niners have the inside track now. This is a good spot for Philly to get right. But not a lot of eyes on that game. All the eyes will be on the Niners on Monday Night Football. Uh, that's going to be uh, Here's the thing, though, for Philly is, like, yeah, they got the gauntlet. But, like, you talk about vibes being way off. Vibes are off in Philly. Mm-hmm. And... It might not be a good thing that they because they finished the season with Giants, Cardinals, Giants, and like especially the Cardinals game, they already knocked off Dallas. Um, I think that game's in Philly. I could be wrong. It is. It's they play um, at home the next two weeks and then yeah. they play at the Giants week eighteen. Um, but Jonathan Gannon going back to Philly, D coordinator. Maybe he's got something for you know. You never know. Uh, what well, sucks because yes, it is three winnable games. But if they stumble in any of those, it's all out panic. Which is that's, crazy. that's what I'm saying. It's like okay, you kind of got it with Seattle. Like oh, we really shouldn't have lost to Drew Locke in Seattle. Like you kind of give them the if you're if you're if you're a player or like affiliated with a team, you're like okay, we we got smoked by the Niners, but like. They're really good. Okay, in Dallas, that's tough. They're really good. Seattle, like, okay, you know, long. And then man. it's like, what's the excuse if it's the Giants? And, like, <laughs> yeah, Tommy you... DeVito's backup if he's not playing. <laughs> there is no excuse. That's why they're favored by 12, and they need to lay the hammer in that game, or they're just going to get absolutely destroyed in the media. Um, let's go over to your Jack and the Bum of the Week. Uh, a lot of candidates this week that... Play the quarterback position. I did throw a couple head coaches in there. Um, Nick Mullins at the start. So, yes, he's a career backup. Uh, He's never meant to be starting really important games in this league. But we had to. Dobbs has been bad. Hall's been hurt. Still, yes, there were some good plays that Jordan Addison bailed him out. Justin Jefferson bailed him out. He was awful in big moments in that game and cost us that win on the road. Um, I'm putting Matt LaFleur on there. I don't think he gets fired, but that performance against Tampa Bay probably puts him on the hot seat that Packers are six and eight. Now all that, you know, love that Jordan love was getting over the last few weeks is out the window uh, with that team playing like shit the last two weeks, uh, losing to Tommy DeVito and then giving up a perfect passer rating to Baker Mayfield. Not a good way to fix your job security problem. Um, 
Desmond Ritter, who I would be shocked if he started another NFL game. He's on this list. He just got benched for the second time in his uh, second season. If you're not getting it done in your second season and you're a, a later round quarterback draft pick, I mean, that's it for him. Um, Darnell Mooney is on this list against all odds. I watched that play live. There has never been an easier Hail Mary reception than that one, and he let it clank off his face mask. Uh, he's basically fallen away from the ball, and then the fall the ball falls right to him. Horrendous drop. You know, basically eliminates the Bears from playoff contention. That's the Bears season in a nutshell. And then uh, Mike McCarthy's on there because he gave up, what, 295 rushing yards to Buffalo uh, in that horrendous game. He's got some problems. But you're going with another highly touted quarterback who you need to see improve. Yeah, fantastic candidates. Uh, but again, uh Jack in the bum of the week is none other than Trevor Lawrence, who by now should be a lot better than he is. Uh, he he was like skipping balls Sunday night, especially late in the game, fourth quarter, like just not even reaching guys, you know, on out routes. He he has like for being a big and I would assume strong young man, fumbles all the time, like turns the ball over. Top of the league. I mean, he's, he's up there. And you're not getting – like, Josh Allen's, you know, led the league in turnovers before. But, like, you're also getting the touchdowns with that um, and the wins for the most part. Uh, with Trevor, you don't really get that. And um, for kind of being this, like, very, I'd say, hyped up, like, oh, can't go wrong prospect. Like, I feel like maybe the tide's starting to turn a bit and people are saying, like, is this guy, like, good? I mean, forget, like, great. I don't see great at all. No. But, like, is he a good NFL starter? I don't know. Uh, I I just, I'm not seeing it. The Before rate. the season, a lot of people had him in their, like, top six or top five quarterbacks. He was, NFL. like, on lists of, like, untouchables to, like, start a franchise with. And I'm like, I probably put him somewhere in the teens right now. Teens? <laughs> I mean... His win loss I mean, record is now twenty and twenty seven. Yeah, which I'll give him the pass for. He's got. Tw- I'm reading this. He's got twenty two fumbles the last two years. Yeah, he leads the league. That's insane. I mean, just go around the league. Look, you'd rather have Herbert. You'd rather have Cousins. You'd rather have Burrow. Uh, you'd rather have I think Anthony Richardson. Maybe even <laughs> you'd rather yeah. have Goff. You'd rather probably have Russell Wilson. Uh, you'd definitely rather have I, uh, so many other guys. T- Tua, Mahomes, uh, Carr, I think, is basically, uh, it's close. Uh, you look keep looking down the list. Obviously Purdy, obviously Stafford, obviously Allen, obviously Dak, obviously Lamar. Uh, Kirk. Hurts. I'd, have, I'd rather have Jared. <laughs> J- Jared who? Goff? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Stidham? No, no way. <laughs> maybe maybe he gave the Niners a game last year Trevor didn't yeah it, it's incredible I mean this was a quote-unquote generational prospect he is not one-tenth of what Andrew Luck was no like no I, I wish I could find it I want to find like his like rankings like you know like where he is pass yards and stuff and like all that but no, he's Come on, bud. 
We need to step it up. He, he joins the illustrious list only populated by Aaron Rodgers and Bill Belichick. Two-time Jack and the Bum of the Weeks. Uh, congratulations to you, Trevor. Uh, joining an elite I mean, fraternity. Pretty, I mean, Rodgers and Belichick, maybe, he, maybe he's trying to get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got two first ballot Hall of Famers and then Trevor Lawrence. Um, so there's Trevor, Joey's Jack and the Bum of the Week, uh, in a week where he fumbled on a non-contact play and basically lost them the game against Baltimore on Sunday Night Football. Um, let's go to the You Like That Picks of the Week. Joey, I'm going to need your help again because we did well last week by taking your advice. We went 4-1. and one. Um, we got there with uh, the two picks that you contributed, uh, the Rams, uh, who covered easily, and then, well, they almost blew it at the end, but they were ahead at one point by 21. They covered the six uh, against Washington, and then uh, Seattle, who won outright on Monday Night Football. Uh, we also won with two others and lost with one other. So let's keep it rolling. We're 39, 32, and 4 so far. Uh, I got seven candidates here for picks, and I want you to eliminate two of them. I got Seattle minus 2.5 at Tennessee. Washington plus three and a half at the Jets, Indy plus one at um, Atlanta, Miami must one, which I minus one, which is an absolute lock uh, against Dallas, Tampa Bay at Pickham against the aforementioned Trevor Lawrence, and then I like the Niners minus four and a half and the Vikings plus three and a half. So let's let's knock two out of there and let's decide on our five. What do you think? Mm, I like it. Washington? I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking I, I might take Washington off, but again, the Jets are not going to score enough points to cover against anybody. No, I, I'm... No, I love Washington. Okay, so if we have to decide between, let's say, Niners, Vikings, Tampa, and Seattle, because I, I don't want to take Miami off, I don't want to take Washington off, I kind of... I guess we could take Indy I off, would, but again, Atlanta sucks. They suck. I'm going to take Tampa take... off on the off oh. chance. I'm going to take them off just because there's the off chance Lawrence plays. So between the Niners and Vikings. I see. It's funny. You say, I would have I would have left Tampa. All right. Let's leave Tampa on. So then Seattle, San Francisco. Lamar Jack- I mean, I'm not going to lie. Lamar Jackson. That scares Against me. an NFC team. That scares me. We just gave up yes. a billion rushing yards. And I don't think those guys are coming back. And like I just, what are we gonna do? Finish the season on the win, like a giant winning. I just, we're gonna lose one of these games. So then it's Seattle minus two and a half, and the Vikings plus three and a half. Seattle on the road, but playing a much worse team. That's a tough one. It's gonna be Tannehill starting in that one. I let's let's avoid taking our boys. Let's get the Vikings out of here. Let's just go with what we started we with. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what we I, don't want to bet on honor against our own no, teams. That's, that's what I meant. I like I like, I liked the list. All right, so we're thirty nine, thirty two, and four. We got to improve. We want to get back to ten games over five hundred. We want to have a nice fifty six plus percent uh, result, which means you know money in everybody's pocket for the season. So uh, here they are, the week sixteen. Can't believe we're already at week sixteen. The week sixteen. You like that picks of the week? Seattle minus two and a half at Tennessee. Washington plus three and a half at the Jets. Indy plus one. Uh, on the road at Atlanta, and then Miami minus one at home against Dallas, and Tampa Bay at Pickham at home against Jacksonville. Joey, this is a feels-great baby take that we workshopped before the pod, (laughs) that we are going to get absolutely killed for this, but when you brought it up, 
I said I agree. The floor is yours. All right, TikTok. What's going on? What's going on? Social media. Yeah, I, pose a question. Here it is. Because I feel I know what I feel great about. But what is the difference between Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields? Oh, wait. The tush push? Tush push, roster, offensive line, coaching staff. <laughs> Leadership skills. <laughs> I, don't I mean, know. look at their stat lines from the last eight weeks. Not a whole hell of a lot of difference. Justin Fields a better runner. I just... Jalen Hurts, I, he, I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if he's sick. I mean, he said he was sick. I... He, he, it's just they ain't—they're just not getting their money's worth. Uh, yeah, you said you were on those Eagles blogs, and that's all they were talking about. Yeah, his completion this year, sixty-five point seven, nineteen touch. Like, see, he—I just can't give him credit for the tush push because that should be—that should go to the offensive line. I just—I'm gonna put their stats right here. All right, we're doing a side-by-side comparison of Justin Fields unanimously seen as a bust and Jalen Hurts MVP candidate. I'm not going to lie, they're actually not that close. <laughs> but again, degree of difficulty. One's got Eber Flutes, okay, the other's 14, got the Avengers. 14 and 8 for yeah, Justin Fields. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, 19 and... 6... Okay. Yeah, they're not, not oh, 19 so and 12. Yeah, I was like, he's got way more. 19 and 12. He has 12 picks this yeah. year? Oh, yeah. Plus, five, yeah, he's got 12 picks. 19 touchdowns and 12 picks versus Fields is 14 and 8. And Fields, the QBR is 60 to 42 for Jalen Hurts. Okay, so that's a significant drop. That's significant. Drop. But again, I just... I think it's a legitimate argument. I really do. Like, you put Justin Fields in that offense, what are they doing worse? <laughs> Winning, maybe? That would be my argument, is that Hertz is one of those guys who galvanizes a locker room while Fields hasn't been able to show that. But the skill set that Hertz has that isn't leadership that shines the most is short yardage running, which is like, Fields is pretty good at that, too. Yeah. No, I, I just I just don't see it. I just I don't see the difference between the two of them. I know the numbers. I guess want to say so. You know, checkmate on that. But I just I don't I don't see it with Jalen Hurts. I really don't. His numbers. He was his season last year. I mean, he was an All Pro last year. Like, okay, he had a hell of a year. I just as you say, once you have that third season under your belt and you get that massive contract the expectations change and he has not met would you rather have him at at his money or fields at his money right fields making seven to eight million a year and freaking hurts making 55 plus it's tough 12 picks i want to see rushing touchdowns yeah, he's Fields has the much more dynamic, long-range runs, but obviously Hurts is a weapon in the short yardage. But 
I mean, how long is he going to be able to do that consistently? He's already clearly breaking down this year. We don't know if it's a knee injury or it's been sickness or whatever, but I mean, obviously massively underperforming his contract this year. They are people forget they are 10 and 4. Yes, they've been awful the last, you know, 4 weeks, but they are 10 and 4. They still have a chance at, you know, being the 2 seed in the NFC, but I mean, if say they get bounced early, say your scenario comes true, they play the Rams and they lose in round one. Eagles fans got to be thinking, not like, oh, I wonder if Jason Kelsey's coming back next year, or I wonder if Lane Johnson's coming back next year. They're going to be thinking, did we give the money to Jalen Hurts that we should have given to all those other guys on our roster rather than him? Yeah. They should be having that conversation. I mean, maybe it is a bit of a new reaction, but I, I just... You just watch him throw from the pocket, and it's just it doesn't look much different to me than Justin Fields. I mean, it's a it's a strong take. It's one that you know I think Eagles fans will be enraged at. I think Bears fans might too because they're like, hey, this guy's freaking. I mean, I would love to see Fields' career record at this point. It's got to be like it's be ten awesome. and ten and thirty or some horrendous number, but. Um, Basically, at this point, I would say obviously Hurts is better, but he needs to show us something because he hasn't in the last eight weeks. He has to turn it around. And really, he can't show us anything the next three weeks because he plays two of the four or five worst teams in the NFL. Um, so it's like... To know, once... It's a no win for him because if he shows something, whatever. But if he doesn't, oh boy. Yeah, then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit. They got to get it right, and they got to get it right quick. So that's Joey's feels great, baby. Wildest take he feels best about currently. The gap between Justin Fields and uh, Jalen Hurts is not as large as it appears. Um, one last thing we want to discuss on the pod uh, before we close things out. Um, we didn't get to it last week. I had it on our list, but I wanted to talk about it. It appears that the Live PGA merger is off. Like all year, we heard that this was going to happen. All of a sudden, John Rahm defects to live, and it appears that American sports team owners like John Henry of the Red Sox and some of the other big-name guys have pitched like $3 billion into the PGA in an attempt to revive it as a competitor to live. Uh, this whole thing is getting really out of control, and it's affecting the product big time. I don't know what league to watch. Like, it just it, it's just terrible for the sport if half of the players are in one league and half are in the other. I just I don't care what sport you're playing, um, that's not good. I mean, no. The problem, yeah. I mean, you just have everyone watch the majors, I guess. Um, I don't think that's going to be an issue because, like I said last year, is like the Masters will always be watchable. U.S. Open, British Open, and you know the PGA Championship, and then the players. The players will lose a little bit if there's no live guys there, but. Everything else is now unwatchable because I don't know if you've tried to watch the live product. I gave it a little bit of a chance. It's awful. I mean, they, it's shotgun starts, so you don't know where, you know, when you're watching the Masters, you're like, oh, he's still got 13 and 15 to play. And we know those are par fives. We know what holes the guys have ahead of them. When it's a shotgun start, you have no idea where everybody is and what they have coming up. And it's, first of all, it's very hard to bet on, which I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> and number number two, it's like, it's just an inferior product. Nobody likes the team aspect of it, and it feels yeah. like things are fracturing even more. Yeah, I agree. The format of Live, and I I don't like the music playing the whole time in the background. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like even just their graphics, the colors of it, it doesn't feel like golf to me. It feels like an arcade. Um, but I mean, if, if all the players keep going there, like, I don't, I mean, I, I don't who's left on PGA. Is it just Rory? And like yeah, Scotty Scheffler? Rory and 48-year-old Tiger and Scotty Scheffler. That's about all we got left. Uh, now with Rom gone, Dustin Johnson gone, uh, Kepka. I mean, it's 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 brutal. I mean, it, it just shows that golf, not only is golf changing, but all sports are changing. Uh, we saw Adam Silver the other day kind of float the idea of foreign ownership of NBA teams, which if that shit happens, like, watch out. The, mm-hmm. the Saudi government and the Qatari government are going to buy every team they can get their hands on. So, so far the NFL uh, and major league baseball have done a good job of keeping, you know, foreign wealth funds like that out of the league. But if, if Adam Silver says, go ahead, like what we've just seen with live could happen to the NBA. And that's, that's a wild thought. How does it even work? I like, mean, it'd be one like, of those would things they move where like, like, like Oklahoma city thunder to <laughs> Saudi to Arabia. <laughs> Yeah, like the in what, Dubai Thunder. by themselves? No, I, ju- I think they'd keep them where they are like they have done with all the teams in Britain that they've bought. They bought PSG in France. They bought, um, you know, Manchester City. Um, they bought a bunch of, bunch of teams throughout the European leagues that all of a sudden are just like superstar rosters. And um, they have also paid off like all these various places that are like supposed to in- impose financial fair play rules where like uh, this club Everton in... Uh, England was docked 10 points and moved from like 10th in the league to like 19th into the relegation zone because they broke some financial rules. Manchester City have been charged with like 250 times greater financial fair play restrictions than Everton did and they've just paid everybody off so that they don't get docked the points. So like you'll see these teams like PSG a couple years ago where they have Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, probably the three best players in the world at the same time. You're going to see that shit if this starts to come into American sports. We've already seen it with, hey, Rom and DJ and Kepka are now no longer on American television because they got bought by Saudi Arabia. Imagine if you see, you know, the Saudis be like, hey, um, Giannis, we'll give you a billion dollars to come play over here instead. Like, that shit is coming. I just don't know how you do that in a league with a cap. I, the, the other thing too is they may just start their own league like they did with well, the soccer I see, I see situation. That happening. Yeah. I can see that happening. Yeah, they. I mean, they their soccer league. Apparent. I saw this the other day. They're averaging forty six hundred fans a game for their soccer league, and like these teams are running Yankee payrolls. It's like absurd. There's no profit loss. It's like They're it's just... like Bishop Sycamore, but like reverse. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, no, they got Ronaldo real and real Benzema. Everything, real everything, but no one goes. Totally wild, and I wonder how long they can get away. I wonder with how it, but... long, because like that does prove that like this stuff is is like kind of real to a lot of people. They they don't just like it because it's professional sports. Like they like the NFL. Like they like that being like the way it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I think if you replaced. Like if the PGA Tour had literally nobody, everyone, but just basically was just the Corn Fairy Tour guys, mm. and Liv had everybody, like all of them, Rory, Tiger, maybe not Tiger. I think people would find Tiger to watch, but mm. I think the PGA Tour with 
the minor league tour mm-hmm. would have better ratings than like live because I think people still like are loyal to the PGA tour in terms of like viewers and stuff. Right. Like if there, if there was a USFL that signed all of the best NFL players, I mean, it would take years, maybe even decades to it start peeling fans away. Yeah. This whole thing is getting wild. I wanted to talk about it last week because it was fresh with the John Rom thing, but like, where does it go from here? First of all, it was absolutely shocking when they were announced that they were going to merge. Like, I was like, did they take that commissioner guy behind the woodshed and say, hey, we're going to kill you if you don't pull this off? Like, what the fuck? And now all of a sudden it's off again? Like, this is really bizarre. I, apparently there's all these meetings with Patrick Cantley, Rory McIlroy, and Tiger Woods trying to determine the future of golf. And it's like, I don't know where we go from here. Because apparently after it's December 31st, that offer's off the table. And all of a sudden, it's PGA versus Live again. So as a golf fan, it's weird times. And as a sports fan, I'm like, if this starts to leak into the sports that we actually give a shit about, oh boy. Yeah. I, I just, I, I feel like it's just easier to do that with golf. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so individual. Like, there's no way you can just, like, buy the NFC East and move them to Dubai, you know? Like, they would if they could, but they can't. I think guys like Jerry Jones are not going to allow that to happen. Um, So there's a little discussion about Liv and PGA. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Let's let's end it on a positive note, though. We got uh, Christmas coming up. Um, We're going to obviously skip the pod next Monday, Christmas night, but we'll do something uh, towards the middle or end of next week uh, so that we preview the Week 17 games. Um, Playoffs are almost here. Very likely to feature the Niners as the number one seed in the NFC. Possibly could feature my Vikings, Evans, Seahawks. You know, we're all positive around here heading into the holidays with our football teams still in the race. Um, It's been great uh, to have everybody listening this year. Uh, Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everybody who who uh, has listened uh, to us all year, who we've picked up along the way, Uh, those who like us on YouTube and TikTok and whatever. We we so appreciate uh, everybody sending us notes, comments, even if they're mean. We don't give a shit as long as you're watching. uh, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you. Uh, Thanks for joining us on another edition of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. We will see you next week after the uh, Christmas Miracle game, uh, which will be Baltimore at San Francisco. Um, huge game Uh, looking forward to it and we'll see you next week